Zig coming in at the top of the interview today. Today I have Rachel Short in Underwoods, which is Vince and John. Um, so it kind of came in today. I didn't know I was talking to the full band, and I didn't know I was uh, talking to them all on the same device. So there's some weird, um, some weird sound issues with this episode. It kind of bounces up and down. I tried to control it as much as I could when it was happening. Um, but yeah, no, a real fun group. A real great songwriter. They had trouble hearing some of the questions I was asking. So sometimes it's a not as direct of an answer, but we got a really cool a cool outline of their musical journeys. And um, I think you guys are going to enjoy it. They're playing virtual show CLE tomorrow night, Friday, 8 p.m. with Charlie Malsbrook. Um, if you hear anything, if you hear anything you like, if you hear anything you like, um, like, subscribe, comment, rate, uh, review, anything of the, the podcasting, the review, uh, support things would really help these artists get heard. All right. Rachel Short in the Underwoods. Okay. I think we got it going. Here we go. Zig at the Gig podcast. I'm hanging out with Rachel Short in the Underwoods. Say what's up uh, in order so our listeners can know whose voice goes to who. It can be in any order, I guess. But. Okay. Hi, Leo, Quarantinos. <laughs> My name is John Roach. I play the bass guitar. I'm Rachel Short. I'm on guitar and vocals. And hello, I'm Vince Luceni. I'm percussion, vocals, and uh, I do the dr- and I do the driving. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. This is a the first time I've had a full band in this uh, in this uh, outbreak of uh, <laughs> joy. So this is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? This so how be- <laughs> Yeah, this outbreak of joy. This is all this off time and. <laughs> Well, we consider music to be an essential, so we make a point to try to get together, you know, in a limited capacity, but Uh still, still keeping the getting the wheels rolling. All right, let's see. We just don't touch each other as much as we used to. (laughs) (laughs) No high fives. We're down to the elbow bumps now. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird. Yes. It's weird, like running into somebody and being like, "Oh, a, 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 a bump, bow." I guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I went to. Um, I haven't really gone out to eat too much. I went to Chipotle. I ran to Tyler Ray. You know Tyler from. Um, he's a guitar yes, player. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, "Oh, dude, what's up?" And I'm like, went to do the hug thing. I'm like, wait. And then he was like, wait. And we were just like, elbow. Elbow. Yeah, like, there's like that like awkward hitting of the brakes, like yes. and then you come in with the elbow instead of the high five or the hug. It's so weird. Uh, but what have you guys been doing? What's quarantine been like for Rachel Short in the Underwoods? Uh wow. Yeah. You can go one at a time <laughs> if you guys need to, but uh Roach. Uh, as little as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've been we've been getting together sparsely, but trying to keep the creative wheels turning. Um, trying to figure out how we're going to transpose what we were doing live to this new digital format that everyone yeah. has to adhere to. <laughs> um, yeah. Trying to stay six feet away from one another right. <laughs> on, yeah. on a six-foot couch. couch. <laughs> we're, at least, yeah, we're at least elbow length away from each other now. So. If anything, that's the trickiest part. How do you do that? How do you like? How do you keep the drummer far enough away where you can still hear everything? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what was it? Yeah, I feel it, man. This has been real weird. Like I've been, uh, my group, I've been like sea level. We haven't like rehearsed, but uh, me and Cody, we've done some live stream things and like tried to boil it down like i don't know pat was talking about maybe getting together and it's weird because i want to you know i mean i want to hang out with my friends and i don't want to like you know spread the disease or whatnot but um yeah so i think i think think, sorry oh no you first i was gonna say i think it's awesome that you guys found a way to still be productive and like trying to navigate this whole new like media this digital platform everyone it's 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 interesting because it puts everyone at the same level you know what i mean we're like um yeah 
uh, maybe if someone like uh, musically who's been around longer would be able to get on certain stages now they're still they're you know I mean they're they're still trying to figure out how to make this, their sound go through you know what I mean like even like yeah. some heavy hitters and not even locally like professionally like Erica Badu her like have you seen any of her streams the like the first ones they were like awful I haven't watched them yet but I intend to but I I have watched a lot of really interesting takes on like how people are going to be doing the live stream process with like the you know dinner and a show i think it's yeah. fish who's doing like a recipe once huh. a week with like a live show yeah <laughs> well it, it definitely opens up a lot of possibilities you know it, instead of, you know when you play a venue you drag your gear in you set up in front of a bunch of people and you play yeah. and there's chatter and there's a lot of distractions you know this way i think people have you know there's more focus mm -hmm. on the music and what you're doing so yeah, or even the other, you know, I think you bring up a good point. There's a lot more ways to be uh, creative with it. And like, because uh, like you were saying, you'd get to the gig, you'd set up, you'd have to bring all your gear, right? So the next, uh, that's it. That's pretty much all you can do. But if your gear is at home, you know, you got a decent sound set up, you can figure out how to make the dinner thing work. Or you can figure out other ways to, to uh, it kind of puts everyone in like a weird digital busking realm where what are they going to do to get everyone to stop scrolling and get their attention? You know what I mean? Like, is it, because, yeah. <laughs> is, is it, is it the, the, the menu or is it the recipe and the, and the tune or, or what? We were just talking about it earlier. Like I was kind of trying to get ready for things and I didn't really know what to do with myself. Cause I was like, for the last 20 years, I've gotten ready for a gig the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now it's kind of weird because I'm like in my living room just waiting like so <laughs> I guess I'm just going to be here till I get started. <laughs> like. Yeah, it's real weird. What What was the, what's the old, I guess, what's the normal uh, pre-gig routine? The normal pre-gig routine? Yeah, normal pre-gig oh. routine for you. <laughs> well, for me, I don't know. I kind of like just the legal stuff <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i go through like my list like a billion times throughout the course of the day I, yeah. even though i've done it forever i like organize and reorganize my stuff all day long i'm going through like potentially what could my set list be because i try not to have like a uniform set list and for me the biggest thing that i think is the biggest change for me personally, I won't speak for these guys, is the not having the that physical audience energy to play off of. Yeah. Because I've never really gone with like a uniform set list or anything like that. I've always played off of the room. Like, what are you guys feeling? What are you looking for from me tonight? And that's so hard to gauge in a digital <laughs> format. Like, yeah. we, we did a live Facebook live broadcast, you know, when all this started. And I, you know, I had the big screen up so that I could see the comments oh, and stuff cool. like that. But it's still such an yeah, adjustment for me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so used to like that physical performance atmosphere. Used to having that real time feedback that yes. well, you know what? Just have to guess. It's <laughs> amazing that you don't have real time feedback, but you do see like people put comments that oh, normally yeah. that, that's what they tell you after the set. They come. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. great. Right. Right. Exactly. You're reading it while you're in the middle of a song. Yeah, so. yeah. Or that's <laughs> they're sharing with their friends at the table but like we get to be privy to that individual part of their conversation because right. it's right there in front of us that's true too because then you can be oh you really like so in a way it's almost more specific but it's not as like i feel like how you're saying live like i know you play bar one 107 a lot when you're doing the solo stuff rachel and uh like when you're playing to the room you can feed off like okay that chunk of the room reacted to this and like when you're when you're doing the digital, that person's reacting, but are they still there? You know what I mean? Like, it, it could be like right. that. like it's 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 as quickly as it it came in, it could be gone, and then like it's weird because like it's hard to gauge your physical energy, even though yeah, I can yeah. see your feedback. You know how present are you even in this moment? Like mm -hmm. sometimes I watch a live stream and I'm like watching it, but I'm also doing my dishes. You know yeah, what I mean? Like. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's really weird because, like, you can really see people who are, I guess, camera-ready, really shining during this. You know what I mean? Like, certain people are, like, they're made for this. They're like, 
they have no problem adjusting to this. They're, they're handling as well. And other people who are like, um, okay, I'm going to do, you know what I mean? Like, there's, <laughs> there's some people, it's yeah. so, it's so, um, not, not, not comfortable doing the, <laughs> doing the, well, I think I could speak for all of us when I say that, like, we all started playing live before yeah. there was a digital format. Right? Yeah. You know, so where we where we came up in the music industry was all physical word of mouth, physical energy, physical live performances in front of people. There wasn't like this internet that was ever connecting everybody to share their opinions and ideas and to make someone go viral. You know, you you had to be like there in front of someone yeah. to show them what you could do, what you could present and to see how they felt about it. So, you know, that I guess this is that last step, at least for yeah. me, into that digital era, where yeah. like, I, I maybe it was like, I was kind of being dragged along into it a little bit, <laughs> and now I'm doing. like, all right, fine. I guess I'm late to the dance, but I'll accept it. <laughs> and again, like you were asking earlier about the, just the preparation and to the pre-gaming, as it were, just getting ready for a show. Coming from a background that involved a lot of house parties and DIY venues, yes. it's really not that big of a transition for me. <laughs> but at the same time, well, like you were pointing out, like you know, as a, in addition to way more word of mouth and having to, you know, comparing this to comparing what we're doing now to 20 years ago really isn't fair. Well, with I mean, first of all, we don't have to run to the library and make copies of flyers. And yeah. Stuff like that anymore, so. <laughs> or listen to the same part of the song over and over again, trying to figure out what the what the hell are they saying? Dude, I remember <laughs> waiting up and waiting for that song I wanted to cover so I could record it off of the radio. Exactly. And like playing that recording, and, and at the beginning and end, you'd hear the DJ like cutting in and out, like. <laughs> and then when it gets to the bridge, it's slows down significantly because you've run back and forth 85 times. <laughs> yes. So you learn that. Just remember to tune back down a half step when you're done. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a obtaining media and obtaining, in this case, music or, or lyrics is so easy now. You know what I mean? Like, as opposed to like how you're saying, having to listen to the record, rewind it back, play it again, or wait for it to come on. It's so readily available that I think a lot of people don't realize how hard it was to learn a set of like 30 covers or whatever. Like, because even doing it and doing it right and believable and uh, um, well is like a skill in its own. But like to obtain that information is oh most, most of these have gone well and most people like understand that it's a phone call conversation so there's peaks and valleys within the wave but it just sounds like an effect almost um i forgot kind of where we were going but yeah shit was hard to figure out before the internet <laughs> yeah how about that internet this would be a whole <laughs> remembers this but like for me when i went on my first tour we actually went to borders you know we bought that physical yeah. copy of the indie bible mm -hmm. and you went through with your highlighter and you highlighted all the phone numbers and all nice. the actual addresses and you spent like 50 bucks in postage and you <laughs> sent out your copies and like <laughs> were all those addresses and phone numbers still relevant when you got it I but usually when you would buy it, because the Indie Bible is released like once every six months. They've oh, always been really okay. diligent about that. That's cool. So That's it's cool. always very current information. Did they still, do they do an online platform now? Is that Indie on the go? They do, yeah. Okay. It's really cool. Like you can get worldwide information and book yourself a world tour if you have the motivation to do so. You don't need a, an agent. Or For sure. Where was your first That information tour? is still at your fingertips and even easier to access now. Yeah, it's crazy. Everything, like, the quarantine would be weird without the internet, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The, this would be a <laughs> lot duller of an experience. Everyone would be like a monk of something. Um, what was, where was your first tour? Where'd you go? And was it solo dolo? My first tour? Yeah, yeah, where'd you um, go? Mine was solo, yeah. 
and it was cross country. Uh, we started here in Cleveland. I was like 20, so that would be like 17 years ago now. Um, we went up to New York, then down into, uh, we went from New York to, Uh-oh, I think I lost you. Old Route 66. Yeah. We traveled all the way into San Diego. Wow. Uh, toured our way up the coast into Seattle, which was the first time I ever went to Seattle. Um, and then back through the center of the country on Highway 80. Uh, played a bunch of weird little joints and yeah. like... Idaho, Illinois, Nebraska. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. All the musical indie hotspots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, well, it was like, two, yes, it was no, like 2001 or 2002 when we did that. And, um, Sorry, I missed it. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was cool. I imagine, uh, like... I had, like, a, you know, a reasonable responsible car and I sold it to someone for a good cash price and bought myself a Plymouth Voyager minivan <laughs> piled up everyone that I could that would agree to go into yeah. it and off we went who went which is not unlike what what I do what I force these fellas to yeah, do every summer great. now <laughs> shorter distances but the ammo hasn't changed the now film. we have an Astro van Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, it's actually uh, quite the capable vehicle. Yes. <laughs> Was well, it so? That's all. So you still do summer tours? Yes, absolutely. That's yeah. cool. And how many of those spots from that original tour have you gone back to? You know, a lot of them aren't open anymore. Yeah. Um, that's you know, uh, over. God, almost oh, twenty years ago. So. Yeah. Um, now, there are venues that I have played over the last 20 years that have remained open, but in the last, I would say, five to seven years, those last few have kind of fizzled off. Um, but in the last five years, we've established a pretty good relationship in um, Pennsylvania, Michigan, nice. Southern Ohio, and uh, we've maintained all of those residencies for you know close to five years now. Nice. That's the tricky part. I feel like once mm -hmm. you go out there and once you make it in a couple spots and you start to shake some hands and like learn how that scene works a bit, being the out-of-town band, a lot of people are going to give you that, that chance that you wouldn't get being the in-town band, if that makes sense. And like, Yeah. Cause, uh, with Sea Level, I've been trying to do weekend warrior dashes where you go for a weekend, you pick like a state, and you like uh, find two gigs in that state and come back. And I, I started doing it by myself first. So I'd go out for a weekend. I'd play a couple of dates and hit up some mic nights. And then a couple months later, I'd bring the band back. Yeah. Well, you kind of have to do like yeah. the solo test run, yeah. you know? And I feel like, you know, when you're in a position like you or I, you have that advantage because sustaining more than one person on the road like that can be so complicated. Yeah. Um, Sleepy. So, you know, it's kind of like you and I are like the, the, the front line. We get sent out to, to go across enemy lines and see how feasible <laughs> it is. And if we come back alive, of course, you could make it back and still drop dead at the door. So. That's true. That's true. <laughs> There's a lot of variables. No yeah. pressure. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like you're saying, it's a lot easier to find uh, you can sleep in the van, but maybe not all three of you can sleep in the van. <laughs> like lodging, everything just gets to be more difficult when there's a handful of people as opposed to just one. Um, yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, when did this? Uh, um, when did the band come along? So if you were doing that run, oh, hit my mic. If you were doing that run solo, how long did it take for the first band to form, and then, or is this still the first rendition? Okay, so John and I have been playing together now oh, for yeah. Okay. We're at the point okay. now where we're like, is it ten years? Is it more is than it ten, ten years? years? We know it's at least ten. ten <laughs> <laughs> um, Vince 
has become a very well-oiled part of this machine uh, since, I guess, February of last year was our first gig together. We met at an open mic. Uh, at a place called Bar 107 in Berlin. Yeah, oh, I've and, heard of uh, it. A place we like to name drop a lot. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it's a very, it's a great, and, and we do great takeout, and I can get alcohol. There's yeah, <laughs> quarantine alcohol takeouts. <laughs> um, so I used to, I used to be one of the monthly open mic hosts, as you know, Dave, because yep. I know that you were as well. Yep, yep. Um, and uh, John used to come with me and kind of co-host, and mm -hmm. Vince had come up as a participant multiple times and over time we just started communicating more and more on the internet i started doing this kind of half-assed song a day thing yeah. last year which mm -hmm. really only turned into like a song every 15 or 22 days i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, it was a song hours. a day for like a week. <laughs> like, talking to you for a year, it definitely yeah. wasn't a song a day. Was it uh, like but were... I posted one, and Vince was like, "Hey, you know, we should try that out." And uh, I was like, "Cool, what are you doing in two days?" <laughs> and um, I've kind of kidnapped him since then. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my family's still wondering where I'm at. Yeah, we uh, we haven't sent them in the area. <laughs> I'll send them a piece of his clothing. Here's a sock. <laughs> Your other man got a shoe in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Uh, so was it uh, writing an original song a day, or was it a uh, learning a song a day? Or it really, it was. Hard. It was. Yeah, it was a combination of the two. I was writing a lot, and I was just kind of in one of those like weird influxes of like creativity, where if I heard it, I was learning it. If I wasn't listening to something, I was writing it. So I just started posting it, um, which I guess was a good way to rip the Band-Aid off before all this stuff happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. But really, it was kind of a first okay, attempt well. at some regular content online for me because online has really mostly just been like a digital flyer for me yeah, the last yeah. however many years. Um, and the, the last like year and a half or so, I've become a more engaged participant, I would say. Was it? Yeah, it's. And now. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. <laughs> now, it's, now it's reality. We're in it. We're yeah, in it, man. It's, it's, it's the path it. now, you know. It seems to be the path to getting your stuff out there now. You know, it, when I was when I was young, I'm a lot older than these guys, but it was like. You know, the bands, you, you, there were bands that were signed and everybody else was just cover bands. And, you know, now it's like, this is really the only way. And you don't need a whole lot of technology or even money to do it. Just really some good luck. It's become yeah. a lot more open-ended. Piece of cell phone and a YouTube page. For sure. But I mean, I was talking to Charlie, who's you're playing the show with on Friday. Which I don't, I don't, yes. I don't think we really plugged that at the beginning. I'll plug it at the intro. But you guys are playing virtual yeah. show CLE Friday at 8 p.m. with Charlie yes. and Rob. Yes, virtual uh, show CLE. We'll be right here. You'll be right there. Babu. Thank you to Bright and Michelle for involving us in this. Very much. Was it? Yeah. Have you tuned into one of those yet? Have you? Uh, yes, I was able to briefly tune into like the first one. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so this little that that which was just kind of like a. You know their test run, but yeah, it was her and Matt, right? Now we'll see <laughs> what it's like from the other end. What was it? It's really, it's really cool. I did the second one, and like, uh, it's crazy. It's weird. It's like that weird interaction you were talking about before, but you can kind of see who's coming up next. Deal. I don't know. It's a really unique experience. I think you guys are gonna really enjoy it. Dig it. Looking forward to it. We are but, um, looking forward to it. But it's really, it's really weird that this is it. Yeah, I mean, this is the medium now. This is everything. Like, this, <laughs> like, it's such a new learning curve. And I guess that's the the, the beauty of it. Um, but going back, I, I I I took a like the interwebs the same way. Most of the thing I would do is like I got Photoshop. I'd make a flyer for the mic night for the, you know, I mean, it was just it became like a. A way this to be like I'm doing this thing out of the internet. Why don't you come to that? You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. And it's weird how that becomes so much a part of someone's day. You know what I mean? Like you post your now it's yeah. Well, even like before it is the day. Yeah, yeah. Even before like uh, um, before all this, like you, we would post uh, Wednesday mic night. 
every like day before or something and, like whoever follows you or is in your in your inner circle is like that's just part of like Tuesday or, or Wednesday morning they're gonna see that and now that like uh, some people are being embraced with it you know what I mean like this is what happened like I feel yeah. like some people are gonna come out of this uh, in a different spot than when they came into it if that makes sense like i feel like some people are really going to be seen in a good way well we literally have a captive audience yeah so. yeah <laughs> you got a point everyone's captive you're, you're watching anywhere. down they're watching because you want to not just because you happen to be in that bar yeah or, yeah you know you really tune into whoever it is exactly which is cool because it's like it's nice to know that so many people would make a conscious effort to participate. Yeah. In that way, it's really elevating for us as the artists, I think. You know, because you play for a crowded bar that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone's there to hear you mm -hmm. or even paying attention. Yeah. But when you're playing in a crowded online listening room, you know that those people came specifically for the goal of either exposing themselves to something new and interesting or because they genuinely support and want to participate in what you're doing musically. And that is something that I had to really wrap my head around so that I could embrace this change, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, that is. Yeah, the Facebook Live show that we did was actually was pretty well received. There were a lot yeah. of people that we didn't even really know right, it were was... chiming in. Hey, you guys are good. That's awesome. Yeah, so it was really cool. Yeah. It was really cool. We had like, uh, like, I think afterwards I went through and I looked at the comments, you know, which is cool because is. you kind of can do like this play by play after the gig, yeah, which you never yeah. could do before. And um, I saw like comments from Paris and I was like, holy oh crap. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, how wow. did that happen? Yeah. Wow. What'd you guys do? What was the what was the live setup? Did you do just put the phone up and start playing? Or did you Yeah, we just much? so we had yeah. like we had this show booked at <laughs> we had this show booked at Brothers Lounge yeah. on that Monday night, and um, we just figured we'd give the whole Facebook Live thing a shot, and we were like, earlier that morning, I was like, hey, we're thinking of going live, who would want to, you know, check in if we do that, and we had a pretty reasonable response, so I was like, if you guys want to come down, and I'll get the living room set up, and we just played right here in the living room, where you're, you know, Sweet. sitting with yeah, us right yeah. now, and... <laughs> you know, through my cell phone, and uh, it was cool. It was very cool, was actually, you know. Yeah, I pulled up, uh, you know, we have the TV over here, and I pulled it up on the television so that all three of us could see the live comments coming in as oh, we were cool. playing, yeah, yeah. which would make it a little more of an engaged, like, real-time experience for us, you know. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I think a big part of people are interacting with you, and you got to interact with them, like, which makes yes. it hard to do if you're using your phone, right? To like record it and you gotta step away from it, and then like you're like, I, I can't. Then you're like leaning in, like, oh, yeah, what did yeah. you say? Oh yeah. yeah. And you're like, Thanks for logging in. Yeah. You're giving them this squint in the, the finger on the, the the phone. But uh, yeah, it's it's such a weird such a weird time, interesting time. Good things are gonna come from this. I think what Gaw's doing is really cool. I'm really glad you guys are involved with it. And like supporting it previously and hopefully post. Um, but okay, so from the tour, I'm trying to I'm trying to guide uh, our listeners here to pick up where this whole this whole thing came from. So did you start playing guitar like years before that tour? Was this something you grew up doing, Rachel, or was this something that came later and then you just embraced it and then? really embraced it and hit the road so i um i kind of grew up all over the place between cleveland and lakewood yeah. and um i had i had one relative an uncle who was a very popular independent musician in the local metal scene nice when Who's i that? was growing up in the 80s and in the early 90s and um, I would sit in on their rehearsals in my grandparents' dining room. Like from the time I was four or five years old until I was 15. 
And those guys, you know, they would show me like little tricks and licks on the guitar oh, and cool. stuff like that. And I think probably around middle school sometime, I was like 11 or 12 years old. And I met these three brothers who lived right behind my grandparents. And their dad was a popular local musician. What? And that <laughs> Christmas, he yeah. bought them all instruments for Christmas. Sick. He bought one of them a bass, one of them a guitar, and one of them drums. And um, they, none of them wanted to sing. So they came to me and they were like, hey, maybe you could sing. And I had never <laughs> sang before. <laughs> hey, do you know any singers? <laughs> they came to me. I think they just wanted like, you know, they wanted like a female front person. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I have a little bit of the gift of gab. You know, you so and if I couldn't sing, I could at least entertain people. <laughs> so You're they came to me and um, I was like, well, you know, I really want to play guitar, but I guess I could sing. Yeah. And um, I went on my first tour that summer. I think I was 12 years old. Whoa. And we played <laughs> yeah. consistently. Yeah. Yeah, we, we put out an album by the time I was 13, so it was like three months after my 13th birthday, I think, and for a demo. And then by the time I was 15, we put out a full album and, you know, we were looking at maybe being signed and playing out like three or four nights a week. And Damn, at 12? I kind of did, did that full time, like yeah. from the time I was 12 until the time I was 16 and then... That band broke up, and um, I kind of just went inside of myself, and I started just playing to myself in a room with an acoustic guitar and gotcha. figuring out who I was as a songwriter. And uh, and then I did that for the next almost 10 years. And then I met John, Hi. and we've just kind of been piecing and parting a band together ever oh, since, yeah. you know? Gotcha. What was the who? What band did your uncle play in? Um, well, I would say the one that people would probably know if they know the metal scene in yeah. like the eighties and the nineties is Torment. Okay. But you can look them up on YouTube if you look up uh, Torment, Cleveland. Yeah. You'll find it. It's some pretty heavy metal. Yeah. It's like some That's hardcore sick. Iron Maiden his, style. Like. His voice is amazing. Yeah. You have to hear yeah. this guy sing. Yeah. Because yeah. okay. it's like, it's stuff that would rip your vocal cords out. <laughs> yeah. And he just does it like. Yeah, he can, do, he can do it effortlessly, which is something I'm still kind of jealous of to this day. So. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and what was the, the musician with the. The the three brothers that's like a, that's like something out of a sitcom like what was a who was <laughs> oh I know like who was their so, dad uh, uh, or uh, was their it? dad his his name was Jim Frysinger and the voice okay. that I played with the band was called Cerebellum okay um, that's awesome Cerebellum <laughs> yeah. so yeah we played beat for a bunch of like grade schoolers man yeah. <laughs> um, that's awesome. And the That's boys impressive. that I played with were uh, Ryan, Devin, and Jimmy Freisinger, two of which are still professional musicians to this day. Um, awesome. And, uh, I mean, I learned most of what I applied today from, from them and that experience with their dad managing us. That's... We would play for hours and hours yeah. and hours on end, and he would, like, record it and play it back to us, and he would go, this, this you need to work on, you know, mm -hmm. again. And again, and Whoa. again. Sometimes I would like wake up in the middle of the night hearing him go, and again, in my head, like, oh God. Oh, my God. Right. That's, in <laughs> that's intense. That's intense. Yeah. But how much of that really is what you do now? You know what I mean? that I feel like as a singer, especially, like you can think I'm going to sing an E note and you can sing your E note. But until you hear it back, you can't tell if you sang an E note. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so much of, of that training is such a good a good discipline to have as a singer. Like it was 
as, as horrible <laughs> as horrible as it sounds and like maybe not for a 12 year old but maybe maybe you know the 19 year old can handle like do it again that was garbage you know like well it's pretty tough so the, it, I, i've always likened it to like my friends in school who were athletes it was really no different for us mm -hmm. i mean maybe we were flexing and honing different muscles for sure. But there's no reason why we shouldn't have been in that basement, you know, and again, recording those licks over and over and over again, just like my friends who played baseball or soccer were out there practicing their perfect throw a hundred times. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. That Whatever skill it is, you got to like, you got to do that training. You got to whatever, however. You got to get your 10,000 hours, man. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's a weird number, but it works. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to go with it. But yeah, if I can hit that, I should be right, right, right. Oh. What about well, John? How was your journey into the musical realm? Apparently, uh, you guys well, crossed paths quite a few times. But what brought you up into that part where you guys started to cross paths? Well, uh, I had been playing with well, shooting it back ten or twelve years. I was playing with at least as many bands at a time. So. Uh, <laughs> In that respect, I feel almost semi-retired with these guys. <laughs> when I started playing with him, he was in 10 other bands. Yeah, I performing with 10 that year. But uh, one of them was Indians in the Attic, and we had just replaced our drummer. And I get a call from our former drummer out of the blue, like, hey, I met this chick we jammed out the other night, and yeah, I think you'd be perfect for this project. And I'm just thinking, about, well, okay, yeah, I, Put it on I've got room for 11, you know. <laughs> sure, why not? My people call her people, you know, one of those deals. And yeah, we, we just hit it off, uh, jettisoned him kind of right away, but... <laughs> Yeah, he, it's, uh, it was kind of weird. He didn't stick around long. No, it was. Uh, we had stuck together like glue. It, it, it's just been a good fit. We uh, we come from just just dissimilar enough musical backgrounds to keep it interesting to where we're not just repeating ourselves. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I guess to say I bring an edge feels like a pretty. He brings a unique way of edge, it. for sure. <laughs> I, I would not downplay that at all. Again, sure. having more experience with more like hard rock bands and stuff like yeah. that, it's it's a nice, uh, it's just a nice transition to do something that's primarily acoustic, primarily coffee shoppy, you know, like just mellow, just just a more relaxed vibe. So uh, it leaves me a lot more room to overplay everything and be a hot time. <laughs> Fair enough. He gets it's to be quality, a bass player which is what I'm looking hearts. to do. Yeah. So. It's that's a that's a good way to break it up, Rachel. A bass player and a bass guitarist, because there there's definitely two different mindsets with a bass player yeah, and a bass yeah. guitarist. And coming from like uh, playing out of ten different bands, as a bass player, everyone needs you. You know what I mean? And as a yeah, drummer, exactly. everyone needs you. <laughs> like, right. You like the, the, the valuable commodities right yeah, here. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, do you think any of the solo stuff or like where I'm any project where I'm playing guitar has like pretty much been back burner or you know just kind of just kind of vanity project stuff? Because well, I know where the need is much greater. You know, he's it's, a really good guitar. Player. He really is. His <laughs> solo songs are awesome. <laughs> It always seems well, to be that way. The guy that's always I, uh, playing the other thing has an amazing talent somewhere else. <laughs> like, right. Play it once, man. <laughs> <laughs> How did I fall into that kid? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I was explaining to you the other day. I've worked with uh, a lot of different artists, a lot of songwriters over the years, and it seems like most, I can't say all, but most of the artists I've ever worked with or have heard of write music from either their hearts and or genitals. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas my entire creative process takes place north of the eyebrows. So as to guarantee <laughs> something so as to guarantee something totally unrelatable. <laughs> but you know, it doesn't mean uh, it doesn't mean there isn't a venue for it. It's and again, with uh, our like it or like it or lump it transition to digital yeah. everything. Yeah. It's uh, it leaves it leaves a lot more room open for niche market stuff like that. So for sure, for sure, I feel like mixed yeah. blessings. Yeah, definitely mixed 
And it, it's it's weird. There's enough, uh, the quote Joe Strummer, there's enough room for everyone to fill a stadium with their type of music. Yeah, you know I mean, their style of music. There's enough people to be into anything. So that's really interesting. That Did you start on guitar, then move to bass because more people needed bass? Or did you... I... Other well, way. I actually, uh, I took violin lessons for a couple of years to little avail, and then I discovered frets, like, ah, this is where I belong. But yeah, <laughs> my dad plays the bass, and uh, yeah, it was it was just such a, it was a natural transition. It was bound to, it was bound to happen. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, I, uh, I've been playing guitar about as long, but bass has always been, I mean, not that I take an even slightly different approach from one to the other. It just sounds a lot more impressive on bass, I guess. <laughs> well, you, you, a lot more unique on bass. Yeah. Let's go with that. You fall into a spot, and that's where you express yourself. Was it mm-hmm. a... Now, uh, oh, man, I totally blanked what I was going to say. Uh, how many of those <laughs> groups that you were playing with before do you still play with, aside from Rachel? Or is it just, uh, or is it just Rachel uh, at the moment? Right now, it's pretty much it's pretty much boiled down to one group. Gotcha. At, at gotcha. least active right now. I mean, Indians in the Attic yeah. are not off the table. I still release stuff as Hail Trout, but uh, nah, I mean, they they've reeled me in. Staying <laughs> <laughs> power, man. Got him. Got him. Got him. <laughs> well, okay, Vince. How about you, man? What brought you in to music? Oh, to, to music in general. Yep. Uh, I grew up in a in a musical family. Um, I, my brother and my sisters, marching band, we all played something. And my dad actually uh, played violin. And when he was a, a young man graduating high school, he actually had a full ride scholarship to his, a music school in Philadelphia. But it was 1943, and healthy young men didn't go to music school. They joined yeah. the army. So. Yeah. I don't know, I think he missed a really good opportunity there. <laughs> but either way, so I, I grew up in that atmosphere of just music being around all the time. And uh, my actual first instrument that uh, was held in front of me was a French horn, believe Whoa. it or not. <laughs> and I change. had no aptitude. If you have to blow through it, I really don't think I can play it. So I, I got yeah. him. Yeah. I can yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a group of my fellow. So I I, I, I'm a brass player through and through. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, she can play the trumpet. She's a good nice. player. Nice. You, you gotta put that in something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, I I started playing the drums in high school, junior high, high school, yeah. and uh, it was one of those things that I was, I just, I was like, oh, I might actually be able to do this. And, <laughs> and you know, the more I played, it was, it just, and then I started playing with people after high school and uh, started singing. Uh, that was one of those things that just happens at, at, at a rehearsal where somebody puts yeah. a microphone in front of you because you're the only one that knows all the words to the song. And it turned into, a, oh, I can do both of these. That's kind of cool. And, <laughs> yeah, that's right, and everyone wants a Phil Collins in their band, so. <laughs> uh, I'd have to get shorter and balder, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still not a bad ace to pull up. And now I, I, I play, and I met Rachel through the do an open mic. I started playing guitar years ago just for another instrument to pick up and, and just really to have something to sing along with. I'm not a great gotcha. guitar player. But uh, so that was uh, just another facet of music that I, I'm still trying to master. Um, I, I, I just always like to sing, so it's nice to have something to you know, yeah, accompany yourself. That's awesome to be able to sing and play drums. I think it's one of the hardest things because you're, you know, it's really all about the rhythm and you're, you got multiple limbs going, you got to keep them all going and you got to worry about pitch. I feel like with guitar or with some type of, or piano or some, something that supplies some type of melody or harmony, you can, you can relatively match yourself to what you're doing. You know what I mean? You can be in pitch uh, way easier on something that has pitch. <laughs> Not that drums don't, but they got a monotone pitch, right? Like, well, it's, that, it's that, arguable. that's true. Um, I, I, I used to practice by, uh, it was always kind of weird, especially when I, before, you know, when I just have roommates and I was trying to learn material for gigs and stuff. Yeah. I would, I would air drum to just like whatever songs we were learning, just to, to get the feel of what I was doing on the yeah. drums. But I would sing along with it, and and it, I'm sure they thought I was out of my goddamn mind. <laughs> but 
and it helped. It really helped because when you got behind the drum set, then you didn't even have to think about what you were playing on the drums. Exactly. The mechanical part is already. And, 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 it, and, it, and it helped you hear, you know, because a lot of times I didn't have great monitors back then. So. <laughs> yeah, so you know where you are in the song just because you're, you're, you've programmed what falls where by learning both yeah. parts. That's actually a really good uh, a good strategy. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it was just something that I used to do anyway and still drive people crazy. <laughs> somebody will have some music on at work and like right in the middle of doing whatever I'm doing, it's like, I got to play that drum lick, man. <laughs> <laughs> They're always happy. <laughs> They look at me like, are you, are you having a seizure? All <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm keeping a punch card. We can't make any more Phil Collins. Oh, no more. <laughs> yeah. We're good. If, as long as we don't go like 30 seconds along, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure where the arbitration stands on that, but we'll be all right. They're not gonna flag this. No. Well, you're you're a, you're you're a registered. Uh, yeah, you got to be a She's with BMI. A registered what? She's I'm a, a registered BMI artist. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I got all my licensing and stuff squared away. Hey. Yeah. That has to have changed rapidly too with the whole new digital thing. I imagine it's all still like there and there's still stuff to it, but the format of that has to have molded as, or changed as well. I don't know much about it. But, um, Shh, don't tell them. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Let's just let it. them take their time to catch on to that. Yeah, part. We're, we're gonna have to take a wait and see attitude. Oh, <laughs> how are they gonna charge us for playing cover songs when we're not technically yielding any money for the gigs anymore? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Point. So if anything, there's no venue to pay the licensing unless Facebook wants to pay the licensing since yeah. they're technically the Aha. host. <laughs> they got the money. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you're right. Facebook, right. we should pay the BMI licensing so that we can all continue to promote on Facebook Live. Otherwise, we could just take our broadcast elsewhere. Bob, yeah. what up, we'll YouTube? <laughs> yeah, we'll just record it. Put, oh, YouTube, you can do live. Hey, on YouTube, as long as I say it's for educational purposes. Yeah, yeah. And who's going to question that? And <laughs> anybody could learn any one of our songs. For sure. That's true. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not penalizing anyone for covering my song, so go Hi. right ahead. We were filing so many. You heard articles. it here first. <laughs> very, very specific arbitration. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. So, so that's an interesting. Uh, <laughs> he's like, there's a reason they keep me out of the legal. <laughs> he said, he's, you know, what he's thinking to himself. There's a reason I only talk to one person. <laughs> no, no, I would. A lot of the early, because I've been doing this for a couple of years, um, and I would do it for negative space to promote shows, right? So we would have a yeah. um, a showcase every month, and um, I would bring in the, each band to do it. So I'm used to doing. Um, talking to multiple people i just never done it digitally yet you guys are the first uh uh multi-call <laughs> so, yeah yeah so the sound <laughs> sounds gonna be a bit interesting we'll see how this rolls but no that's awesome um what i wanted to bring up was like vince growing up in that in that kind of atmosphere of you said it was your dad who wanted to do music right yeah or like so well, he, he he was. I mean, he was involved in music, you know, when he was young. Yeah. And he, did, he never really pushed us to do it, but encouraged us, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. And even like, I don't really ever remember him really playing much. I don't because he would pick up the violin every once in a while or pick up a guitar, which I didn't yeah. even know he could play. <laughs> but um, it, it was it was just always there. I mean, it was always something. You know, we never got away from a birthday party without singing like four part harmony happy birthdays and stuff <laughs> like awesome. that so it yeah just it, it was just something that was and, and it's when i when i meet families that have never had music or it's just not part of them what they're doing i always thought it was kind of weird that they you know you mean you don't have a family band? Yeah. <laughs> How do you sing? Oh, birthday? What the hell is going on? Yeah. <laughs> but growing up in that, was there's almost this kind of like 
drive to do it. You know, they'll be like, don't, don't, you don't have to do it. You know, don't, don't, oh. don't worry about doing that. Just do what you're going to do. Is that so? Do you think it was subconsciously kind of like always an option that you wanted to uh, kind of do? Yeah, it's, no, well, you know, now that you bring it up, I never really thought of it, but I guess maybe it was, <laughs> you know, it, in a way, because, because, um, like I said, I started out like sixth grade, you know, yeah, fifth yeah. grade or sixth grade, and it, I, I can still remember, you know, my dad's like, oh, we need a French horn player, so you're going to play the French horn, and I was just like, oh my God, I don't want to carry this thing around. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful instrument, it just yeah, really yeah. wasn't for me. So I, so I didn't actually play anything for a few years, and then uh, my dad always noticed that I would have like a couple of butter knives and I'd be beating on stuff, and he's like, why don't you take drum lessons? And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, apparently I have to play something to be in this family. I'm be ostracized from the family. And but it was uh, fortunately I I had an ear and an aptitude for it, and I'm, I'm not. The greatest drummer in the world. I'm no Vinnie Collier. He's that's awesome. for damn sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> He's definitely the most modest drummer in the world. That's Babu. <laughs> Was it? And but I yeah, think there's uh, there's definitely something to like uh, just to put teaching as a music teacher. Trying music is kind of there's a lot going on. You got different rhythms happening, right? So you got to think in certain segments of what's happening. Then you got to think like of a where. Conductor. Yeah, well, just like even like rhythms, right? So if you had quarter notes, you got to remember, oh, this is going to be a line of quarter notes. Now you have to apply a different pitch to each quarter note. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you just kind of build more on. It just it becomes a more complicated thing. So to kind of be like young and me and like trying to figure out like, oh, I got to play this this scale in triplets and then it goes down like, you know what I mean? That's it, I can I, I see it's overwhelming. It's hard to break it down and make it easy. So I think drums, like most people can like understand it. And then once you being able to express yourself with it is a different thing. Do you know what I mean? But can under physically understand what's happening. You're taking stick, hitting circle. Got it. You know what I mean? Especially with kids. They're like, sick, I can get this. But to to get to the It literally is that simple at first, yeah. but it, it but then I'm constantly amazed by some of the things that I see. Really accomplish. I, I just I was just talking about this with these guys earlier. Uh, I went to a show at the Bop Stop in the fall. Nice, nice. Who and, was uh, it? Osnoy was the guitarist. Hadrian Farad played bass, and Dave Weckel was the drummer. Woo! A guy I've been following for yeah. years. Wow, that'd and, be insane show. And I mean, you know, you're like 15 feet away from these guys. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you've heard them on albums. You've seen them play. You know, there's a famous solo. It's uh, it's Vinnie Colaiuta, Dave Weckel, and Steve Gadd doing this big. 10 minute drum solo of all yeah. three of them so and now the guy's sitting right there and you know yeah. but they you know you think you know something about your instrument and then you see somebody at that level <laughs> that just can can put a can take a two bar fill and break it up into three sets of five and do some really <laughs> weird crazy stuff but everybody comes out on one at the other end and it's just like oh, he do it. oh no he did it that's great <laughs> You hurt my brain. <laughs> I'm, I'm reminded of how hot shit I'm not every time I see anybody pick up a fretless. So. <laughs> That's in but we, we continue to do it because it... We... I'm reminded every time someone speaks music because I don't read or write music. So right now I'm like, these guys are talking Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> But that's that's kind of what I mean. Like it's it's simple to understand in principle, but to be expressive with it is a whole nother thing. And to find someone, first of all, Dave Weckl at the Bop Stop is insane. That's such a small, intimate venue. I wish I like yeah. knew when the Bop Stop was doing shit. I would have been to that show. That sounds amazing. Like yeah, they. They were doing, they had a couple of really good shows. That, I missed some of them, but that one, when I heard he was coming, I bought tickets right away. I took yeah, my friend Reggie, because sure. he's, a, he's a big jazz guy, and I said, you got to hear this guy. Yeah, that's insane. But, uh, but as far as being expressive, like especially playing the drums, um, I think a lot of people, I guess it just depends on what you want to play. And working with Rachel and John is really, it's, it, it forces you to be, more conscious of what's happening, especially with just three of us, 
you know, yeah. she does this beautiful love song. And I, I was just totally overplaying it. And I didn't think it was playing that much. And they're just like, no, no. Less is more sometimes. Yeah, it's really, yeah. you know, a shaker and a, and, and, and a, you know, basically, and that was it. Yeah. And, it, and I, when I heard the recording that had been done, I was like, yeah, that really is all it means. Yeah. So it, it's a different kind of playing, you know. It's not, you know, no two bass drums and you don't need legs like uh, tree stumps. Only John gets to overplay in this trail, okay? <laughs> well, is it? Yeah, well, I think that's the whole art skill, too, is going back to making stuff simple and being able to express exactly. it with that as well. That's a Working as a group, a group dynamic is a way, it's a whole other instrument, you know, like, because you two are now supporting Rachel and the, the song and conveying that message as a unit, which, uh, which takes time and knowing each other to develop that and, like, really knowing where the song is and where it's going and, like... That's, I think, where a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of good players, a lot of people that can just shred, like, when you put them in the band, they're like, that, that doesn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you got one tool in the box while you're building another shed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coming from years of playing with, like, session-style musicians to get a full band unit, like, being able to have, like, a musical kinship really makes all the difference when it comes to conveying the songs to an audience i think well yeah because we're not just filling in the blanks we it's it's become a more open-ended like taking your creative process and building around it rather right. than on top of it yeah you become invested in, in every song definitely mm -hmm. definitely and it's your friend who wrote it you know what i mean it's not just like uh yeah it's you know here's another singer you know what i mean it's like this is even when we do cover songs though i really try even with our cover approach. songs <laughs> i will pick often songs that these guys have never heard nice and i'll just present it to them without telling them who's written it or that it's a cover song and we'll play through it a couple times and i'll go oh yeah here's the original you know so that they don't have that kind of like tainted yeah, preconceived no notion of yeah. what it's gotcha. supposed to sound like. Yeah. So it... we approach every song, even the cover songs, as though they were an original because I kind of keep these guys blindfolded until yeah. the end. Yeah. You know? She doesn't. She does that to me. She does that to me on purpose though because I'll get we we get we have some heated disputes over chord changes and stuff. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, and I'm not music. doing it like the record. I don't read music. Like he'll go, yeah. oh yeah, you're gonna do this suspended seventh chord, and I'm like, no, that's not what I'm playing. Actually, I listen to it. This is what my fingers have decided we're we're playing, and that's where we're going with it. You know, what I mean? yeah. your fingers yeah. make yeah. most of the decisions around here. So. Yeah. They, this is where my brain is. Yeah, the rest of this is just for show. <laughs> <laughs> was, wow. There's, there's a definitely... support system for fingers. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a little man manual fixation. Uh, when I'm not, when I'm not here. you know, playing guitar, I'm pulling shots. It's all in my hands, whatever I'm doing. <laughs> That's where my brain is. Bob <laughs> Well, there's definitely, I think there's definitely a, a, a unique uh, creativity that comes from almost limiting your resources to other things. Like I've known some singer songwriters that be like, "Who do you listen to?" And they're like, "I, I don't know. I don't really listen to anything." I'm like you don't that you what you do kind of sounds I don't know. Name a person, and they're like, "Really?" And they're like, "I should check them out." I'm like, "How do you?" It so it almost keeps this weird um, by not listening to things. It almost keeps this weird, unique, uh, a unique, believable take on what that person is doing compared to someone who may have analyzed and attempted to kind of absorb that technique or style, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also... Where you're not just playing in a vacuum. Yeah, yeah. Also, I think it's also a naivety thing, too, because, like... Uh, if you don't expose yourself to things, you kind of you get stuck in a in a box or you know a spot, and you constantly are kind mm -hmm. of rehashing the same things or not growing off how someone else has accomplished that type of thing. So it's a weird balance of the two, but I think that's an awesome way to, <laughs> to approach covers. Yeah. <laughs> Long, long way, <laughs> long way well, that's to the first that. thing. Have you heard this before? Yeah, we have. Well, we're not doing then, that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, B-side. Oh, cool, cool. 
Well, guys, I think this was awesome. I'm really glad I got to talk to all of you today, as opposed to just you, Rachel. No offense, but I think this was yeah. really cool. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. And um, so Friday, 8 p.m. tomorrow, 8 p.m. Virtual yes, Show CLDs. Uh, they're going to be at your house, wherever that may be. Um, cool, cool. You feel good, guys? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Right. We're excited for our virtual CLE show tomorrow night.